the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for this Friday afternoon show. Happy that you're with us as you make your ride home. Kath, good to see you. Happy to be seen, John. Very short work week, three days. And I like it, and I think that each of our uh, subsequent work weeks should be similar. Three days. Mm -hmm. My brother is uh, what he would call semi-retired. He works Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday each week. It's a very fine schedule. That sounds... You know what that sounds? Mm. That sounds French. (laughs) I love those guys. Semi-retired. I love those guys. John, is it too early? To tell me what? Your weekend has begun. Oh, yes. Five minutes past the four o'clock hour on a Friday afternoon. Truly all is right and well, at least in this corner of the world. That was that low, that was the low-tech sound effect from our producer in there. <laughs> was that him? Yeah, yeah. that was him. Yeah. yeah Usually was we great. get a little something extra. No, yeah. Not today. We get, no. a, we get an owl sound. No, because it's still a holiday week in New Mike's mind. It's He's fun. in there eating a bag of Lay's chips and just sitting Absolutely back a little fun. bit. Yeah. Um, happy to tell you, John, yeah. that it is National Spaghetti day oh the perfect day to grab a big bowl yeah fill it with something like noodleish. Mm-hmm. i would say it's noodle day i don't know if we have to only limit it to spaghetti to spaghetti no i think we should you know it could be a larger pasta celebration when you have pasta what is your preferred noodle because i like spaghetti <sighs> here's the thing oh here it comes it's complicated of course it is it's complicated because if you've got a thicker sauce you know like a um a meat sauce mm-hmm. I think you need a some noodle gusto. a noodle with some bulk. Yeah, they can right? hold it. But if you're doing something that's like... Uh, I made a scampi the other day. Scampi. I love a scampi. Shrimp scampi. I Is think, it shrimp scampi? I think I make the best shrimp scampi. Do you, though? I really... I've, I've culled the recipe very carefully. I'd like to judge that. So it's, invite it's, me over for some time. It is my family's scampi. favorite really? thing. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like that needs an angel hair. Because it's a light sauce. It's delicate. Yeah, right. I don't think we need to, like, right, right. you know. Yeah, if you would put, like, some Alfredo up. on angel hair, it'd just become a clog. I feel like it would be. Mm-hmm. Now, you've got your gnocchi. I don't like that. Why, why Why? not? That's just too much. That's too heavy. It's too much. I can't do that. I can eat, like, six of them, and then really? I feel like I, you know, I'm not going to be able to move. You like a ravioli? I love a ravioli. I had ravioli last night. You know what kind of sauce I had? What? Pesto. <gasps> mm-hmm. I love oh. A good pesto. That last ravioli, I was swirling around in the was it, bowl. Was it cheese ravioli? Or it was. It was cheese. Pretty basic, but that pesto, it changes It wasn't everything. like the place in Bloomfield that closed the mm, Italian market. No, no. Grocery Italiana, because that was the best ravioli that in was, the history no. of the world. These, uh, I don't know, you know, these were frozen raviolis. They were fine. Okay. But the pesto was a game changer. Of course it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, interestingly enough, just yesterday, and this was unplanned, we got a, uh, a phone call from a listener. That was pasta related. Now, a little backstory here. You and I and New Mike had gone back a few times on the merits of Chef Boyardee raviolis. There are, there are no merits. No, no. 
There are plenty of there merits. There aren't any merits of eating Chef Boyardee. I would say this. Most single guys at one time or another have relied on Chef Boyardee ravioli as a, for, as a major form of sustenance. Just I would say that pure desperation. Because it's so easy and so delicious. It's not delicious. It's both. It's Easy and delicious. New Mike. So a caller called in, and this was like weeks after this story that we, we talked about. It was just yesterday. No, no. So yeah. So we talked about the Chef Boyardee. Oh right, a oh, weeks ago. Weeks ago. Right, but right, but this. But the caller called in yesterday. Yeah. And okay, want to play this? We're having I'm a long-time listener to Word FM. My name is Eric. I, I listened to John and Kathy, and I was going to say, tell Kathy I'm sitting in a chair with no arms, eating Chef Boyardee pizza <laughs> with a side of Chef Boyardee <laughs> ravioli. <laughs> I'm with John all the way on Chef Boyardee. We're having ravioli. Dig you, Eric. Oh, yes, my friend. You, you have ba- good taste. Don't you feel badly for that guy? No. Although, what's the deal with a chair with no arms? Well... I'm not sure if I have. Thank goodness for Chef Boyardee. <laughs> That's just silly. That's just so good. Okay, we're going to call that you in for a voice so... session. We want you to say, thank goodness for Chef Boyardee. Can you do that? Start now. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, the owl is woken. I'm not sure if I've talked about this on the air. Perhaps I have because I can't imagine why else he would have said it. Mm. That when I was yeah. in design school, um, you know, they they challenge you to create interiors of all different, you know, uh, eras and specifications and sizes and all that sort of thing. Anyway, a very popular thing with designers are armless chairs. Oh, the worst. Because they're so beautiful to look at. Yeah. But I have I made a policy back when I was in school before I ever graduated. I said I just want to tell everyone I am never I'm never doing any room for someone with armless chairs because who wants to sit in an armless chair? No, I mean no, no. it might look nice, but you're not actually going to want to sit in it. And if it looks nice and you don't want to sit in it, then why have the chair? No, no, I, I get that. Uh, you know, for it's not not a chair to watch you know to binge in, but a chair to just quickly. Settled in very quickly, just for a few minutes. But you're not going to settle in it. No, probably because not. Because it's always going to keep you a little uncertain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that really the way you want people to be in your home? Maybe some people. <laughs> Let's go. Time to move on, my friend. Get off the armless chair. All right, so when new Mike See, comes your time over, time is up. Could you please sit yourself in the armless no. chair? <laughs> Mike's not been to my house. Has he been to your house? Listen, I've invited new Mike several times to my house, and he hasn't shown. Oh, really? Huh. I wonder he's, what that means. I'm sorry. Is he kind of snooty? Maybe if you serve some Chef Boyardee, he might be running right over, my friend. Okay, so there you go. So I was well, That's thinking about... That's an annoying jingle. No, it's a good jingle. Um, eat this, don't eat that, right? Have you heard this? Oh, yeah. Okay, so they were looking at Chef Boyardee ravioli. So here's what they say. When we say a name that's both sweet and salty, would raviolis come to mind? Just one cup of Campbell's raviolios will set you back the same, same amount of belly bloating sodium as 44 rolled gold pretzels <gasps> and two sugar-raised donuts from Dunkin' Donuts. How about that? Cut back on each of these belt-busting ingredients with a similar can from Chef Boyardee. How about that? But because it's better it's than got, the Campbell's raviolios. Yeah, it's got much less sugar. Why? Well, what about sugar? the salt? Yeah, there's a little some salt. Forty-four there. pretzels. Mm-hmm. Think of how much salt's on a pretzel. Yeah. Uh, so the chef Boyardee has a, one cup, a one cup serving, two hundred and twenty calories, seven grams of fat, seven hundred and fifty milligrams of sodium. Oh my gosh! Uh, five grams of sugar. Anyway. Thank goodness for Chef Boyardee. <laughs>
<laughs> we'll take a break. Come back. We got a lot. We got a big show going on we here. Sure do we do. Not? We're going to talk about why we sit in church mm-hmm. with or without arms. Jennifer Woodruff Tate will talk to us about this very curious subject. I want arms to pew or not to pew. That is the question. 1.5 WORD with more fun for your family. Always fun. It's Word FM Family Skate Night at Neville Roller Drone. It's really fun. We're taking over the roller rink and bringing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music along for you to skate to. My whole family loves it. My kids love it. Isn't it great? We'll have great prize giveaways too. Bring your roller skates if you've got them or rent a pair there. It's fun for your church group, youth organization, or your whole family. The kids love it and so do we. Word FM Skate Night at Neville Roller Drone. Neville Island this Monday from 6.30 till 9. Let's go have fun. Get details and directions at wordfm.com slash skate. Our real goal at RPTS is to train people for ministry. Whether training to be a pastor or just wanting to grow in your walk with God, you'll find what you're looking for at RPTS. We want to see them really grounded in their theological growth and classical, historical Christianity. We also want it to be heart-directed as well. And so there's a real spirituality to the community life at RPTS. By the time they leave, they've come to know God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in a greater way. And then thirdly, we want to see them develop in their skills to see students prepared to serve and to love the people of God in the local church and develop ministries that we think have a great partnership with the local church. With a Master of Theological Studies in Biblical Counseling, Biblical Studies, or Doctrinal Historical Studies, you'll be ready to serve however God calls. Learn more about the MTS degree program and flexible online options at rpts.edu. RPTS. Study under pastor. Imagine your business on the first page of a search engine like Google or at the top. What would that do for your bottom line? The answer is at Salem Surround, digital marketing that surrounds potential customers with your message wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for the only $5 meal worthy of your appetite? Wendy's Giant Junior Bacon Cheeseburger Meal. Our classic Junior Bacon Cheeseburger is now bigger. With double the fresh, never frozen beef and double the apple with smoked bacon, there's nothing junior about it except the price. Wendy's Giant Junior Bacon Cheeseburger Meal comes with nuggets, fries, and a drink for just $5. Get the $5 Giant Junior Bacon Cheeseburger Meal at Wendy's. Giant Meal, Junior Price. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, fresh beef available now. How do you celebrate faith, family, and fun? How about on eight wheels? Don't miss the first Word FM skate night of the new year at Neville Rollerdrome, Monday, January 7th. Kenny Woods has the audience going in circles every first Monday of the month, playing your favorite CCM hits with prizes and giveaways 6.30 to 9 p.m. You could even win a free skate night for your family. Admission is $7. Skate rental, just three more. Details at SkateNRD.com. Word FM skate nights at Neville Rollerdrome at SkateNRD.com. Sunday morning, you go in. Most people have their preferred seating mm-hmm. in the sanctuary. Right. You tend to sit in the same area, which is kind of weird. It is weird. It? Why do we do that? I don't know. Why do, it's not like that happens in one church or another. It happens in most churches. Yeah, you're just familiar. It's your neighborhood, your buddies that are around okay, you. Okay. When you go into the auditorium at your kid's high school, mm-hmm. 
Do you always sit in the same place? No. no, either do I. Why do we always? Mike, do you sit in the same place at church? Every day. Okay, so, every time, every yeah, Sunday. Me so too. why don't we, when you go to the, I mean, obviously, obviously I mean, the, I was going to say when you go to the Benedim, do you sit, well, that's not the same because someone else is picking. If you're a season your, ticket holder, you do. Your, yeah. But right? so, okay, so forget that. But if you go back to, you know, your kid's high school auditorium, I'm not particular about where I sit. So Well, I am. Get out of I here. I definitely am. No, in my church, I sit, you know, next to my small group. Right. And the, here's the weird thing. I'll, there'll be people I know that I've worshipped with for like years, but they're on the other side of the church. So mm-hmm. I see them like, you know, at the church picnic or at a meeting once in a while. But not on Sunday. No. There's like a whole like 95%. What if you walked in this Sunday and you just sat over there? That would upset a lot of people. Really? Who would it upset? Well, people who would, you know, I would be p- pushing somebody out of their preferred area probably. My kids would go, I'm not doing that. That's kind of weird. But I'd like to get a different view. Yeah. Huh. Now, interestingly enough, let me just say that I'm on staff at a church. Yeah. And so I have to sit in the front. So you see everybody. Right. But last week I was off. Mm -hmm. And so I sat sat in a different place. It was wacky. (laughs) Unsettling. I saw all different stuff. Of course you did. It was. Yeah. Anyway. I think it's a good thing. I think that, but the question remains: Why are we sitting? Why do we sit in church? Why aren't we? I mean, why do we go in and sit? Why? Why? There's not a lot of movement in any church service. I guess in some church services, there's more movement than others. But for the most part, for most of that hour or hour and a half or however long your service is, you're sitting. That's right. We've gone to an expert. Jennifer Woodruff Tate joins us once again from Christian History, which is part of CT Christianity Today magazine. Hey, Jen, how are you doing today? I'm I'm doing well. Okay, so, so I, should, I should actually correct you. Christian History is is not part of CT. Oh, um, and there I am thinking about, it is. It, it was for a long time, but we've been published. We've been back to publishing independently since 2012. So okay, just, where have we been? Yeah, it's okay. We're only six years. We're only six years behind the news, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> so on Sunday morning, um, I went in, as I said, uh, I'm not sure if you heard this before you came on the air. Yeah. Okay, so I was in a different place. It blew my mind a little bit. Um, but I guess the the first fundamental question is, why why do we sit in church? We actually sit in church mostly because of the Protestant Reformation. Um, up until that point, because there They didn't were- like standing? They didn't like seeing, yeah. In the early church, mostly people stood, or they knelt, um, if they were so moved to do that. Or a lot of times you hear people say that the early church, they prayed, they stood with their hands up in the air. Um, you know, there were seats for the bishop, there were seats for other clergy people, there were seats for really old people, or if you had a broken leg, around the edge. But other than that, you just kind of stood in the middle. Really? Yeah, really. And um, if, in, in fact, um, in the Middle Ages, there would be several church services going on in a church at the same time, and you might just sort of drop in on all of them um, to get there in time for the consecration um, in the Eucharist. So it was much more movement-heavy. Okay, so why, what happened, what was the, what was the, the was it a theological perspective? Was it just a situational decision that the Reformers said that people are going to sit down? They're just tired. Yeah, well, they, they wanted. Yeah, maybe they were tired of standing up. This is what I what I what I sometimes feel. Um, they wanted people to pay attention it, it, because in the Middle Ages, a lot of times people would do their private devotions 
They would, I mean, they would pray, they would say the rosary, they would walk around to the different services, and the reformers said, no, we want you to sit and listen. And they said, you know, like you were saying about sitting in other places, they're like, you know, you sit and listen in school. You know, you sit oh, and listen. Oh, okay. So, so they, there was a wholesale move to pews at that point. Okay, so I can imagine that if it's a standing situation and people are kind of milling around, that pe- it was probably a little noisy. Yeah, I mean, kids run around. I mean, I have kids, they run around. Um, you know, people were saying private prayers. Um, a lot of times after they sat people down, if they were still noisy, they got in trouble. Um, and the people were really puzzled because they said, I'm sitting here praying. That's what I normally do in church. <laughs> and the reformer and the reformer said, no, we want you to listen to the sermon. You know, come back next week and we'll quiz you about the sermon. This really happened. Hmm, really? Yeah. Like a little pop quiz. Yeah, they would. There was a uh, in Calvin uh, in Geneva. He had a thing called the consistory, which basically checked up on if people were living right. And one of the things they did, they would call people in. They would say, you know, what did what happened in the sermon this week? Why were you talking during the sermon? And then the people like we're praying, we're praying. And they said, well, go back, listen, and we're going to have you in next week, and we're going to ask you what you learned from the sermon. Well, that's fascinating. Whoa. Let's come back. So, you know, to be honest, I kind of like to stand during the service. I would prefer to stand, I think, through most of the service. I wonder if there'd be like a sort of like a bullpen area Mm -hmm. off to the side where if you chose to stand, you could. Or what if we made like the venerable mosh pit in the center? That's too, (laughs) but then that's too, too much focus. I've been to a number of churches that have at least a kids' area where there are no seats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there may be pews for the you know, and I'm, I'm Anglican, and you know, there are pews for the big people. But a lot of times in the back of the church, there'll be some kind of area where there are toys and books, and the kids can wiggle because getting kids to sit in pews is really difficult. Right. When I was a kid, uh, my, my aunt would take me to church often, and if I was a good boy, I would get a banana split So uh, <laughs> after the service. So I learned to be pretty good pretty quick, and that tr- probably should be an enticement. Okay, so uh, Jennifer, you talk about you know the, the long history of people standing, then finally the Reformation happened, people were sitting, but in the 1960s, the, the Catholic Church kind of reinvigorated or tried to reinvigorate things by telling people, hey, stand up and move around a little bit, but that sort of failed as well. Yeah, I, although um, I would say that, that by and large, especially if you go into into a modern any modern Catholic churches, there will be a lot more space than there would have been in a Catholic church, say, from the time of the Reformation to mm. you know to forty years ago, um, because there was a lot of architecture done to put churches in the round to give people more space um, to recapture a lot of the drama of early church worship, because in the early church you had processions. You had people who got really caught up in the worship. You had all sorts of action going on. And um, especially Catholics, although many Protestants um, began to imitate this as well, said, you know, why do we have everyone sitting here just listening for an hour? Right, right. Mm. Why don't we have them get up and do things? And I grew up in the 70s, and I remember people putting in dance and going around with balloons and really? getting, you know, movable worship spaces with chairs that you can, you mm-hmm. know, put out and then put away. That's very much going back to an early church model. Interesting. And now I'm sure the black church also probably moves and is standing a lot more than people who are like the frozen chosen, so to speak, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and the interesting thing is, well, you know, most African-American churches I've been in have pews, but but their pews are just suggestions. Um, you know, there's yeah, a lot yeah. more standing in the pew, clapping, you know, moving around, sometimes even running in the aisles. 
Um, so there's been, you know, an effort to work with the pews and not make them be just someplace where you plop for an entire hour. Mm-hmm. All right. So our um, perspective on sitting and standing overall has probably changed, you know, because when Shakespeare was performing his plays, people weren't sitting to watch them. No. They were standing. No, and I, I was in uh, London in September and we got five pound tickets to the Globe and we stood and watched the play. And oh. I mean, and the Globe is a replica of the way Shakespeare's Globe was. The original one burned down. Yes. But this was built to the same specs. And there's a huge space for standing. There were like, I don't know, 200 of us standing in this pit and then people with more money uh. they wanted to stand. We're on seats. There were seats, but there were a lot of people standing, and I think people were just more used to it. So you were one of the groundlings, right? That's what they used to call the people. I was one of the groundlings. Nobody spit on me or threw anything at me, but I understand (laughs) that that's a possibility. That's Mm -hmm. fabulous. All right, Jennifer. Well, thanks so much for weighing in again. But but wait, though. Before we go away, because we misaligned um, Christian History Magazine, tell us about that. Where do we reach it? Yeah, um, it's at ChristianHistoryInstitute.org. That's the organization that originally founded it. And um, then after the first uh, 20 or so issues, it was sold to CT. But when uh, CT, um, in the economic downturn about 10 years ago, they they let it go, and the original Christian History Institute picked it back up. Very nice. Um, Well, thanks, Jennifer. So you can find it. We're we're about to release our 129th issue. Wow. Excellent. You're a font of information, Jennifer. We always appreciate your time here with us. Yeah, well, it's always fun to be on the air with you guys. Thank you. Jennifer Woodruff Tate, Christian History Magazine. You gonna sit down or not? I sank and I hollered, someone save me. That's the moment I woke up. Thank the Lord. And I said to myself, sit down, sit down, you're rocking the boat. I said to myself, sit down, sit down, you're rocking the boat. And the devil will drag you under with a soul so heavy you'd never float. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, you're rocking the boat. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free. I want to personally thank all my Plug-In Pest Free customers who have taken the time out to call, write, and who have left messages to thank me for ridding their homes and businesses of unwanted rodent and pest problems. So from me to you, I thank you. Plug-In Pest Free is the only scientifically tested, and more importantly, consumer-proven electromagnetic pest management system since 1995. Why put up with those annoying rodents and pests any longer? Plug-in pest free is 100% chemical free, making it your safest bet to manage your rodent and pest problems around your family and pets. With a 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code RADIO20 for 20% off and free shipping. That's gopestfree.com, promo code RADIO20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Go pestfree.com today. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit, 800-290-7100. 
That's 800-290-7100. 800-290-7100. The book of Revelation promises the earth will end with a seven-year period of tribulation. God is going to judge the earth, and the events unfolding will be worse than any science fiction or horror movie. When is this going down? What's going to happen? Who will be saved? We would like you to join us at Harvest Bible Chapel for our verse-by-verse sermon series in Revelation called Coming Soon. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. in Wexford on Route 19 near the Village at Pine. Check us out online at harvestpittsburghnorth.org. Just Pay Half is Pittsburgh's original deal site. Right now, get the Smokin' Hot app, a brand new app that you can use at over 40 Pittsburgh businesses. For just $25, you'll get 50 to spend at restaurants like Pasquale's Pizzeria, August Henry's, and Quiznos Subs. Get it today at JustPayHalfPittsburgh.com. Sylvania is always looking to improve their headlights to help people see farther and drive safer. So they developed their Silver Star Ultra headlights to have greater clarity and the brightest downroad visibility. So now you can see what you've been missing. Sylvania, think farther down the road. Cloudy tonight with some rain at times, the low 36. Tomorrow, some rain around early, mostly south and east of the city. Otherwise, clouds will give way to some sunshine, mild, high 49. Some clouds tomorrow night and brisk with a couple of flurries late, low 31. Invariably cloudy and cooler for Sunday, highs right around 40 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Yesterday, we missed a a very important birthday. Yesterday, in 1892, J.R. Tolkien was born. Mm, I'm sorry I missed that. Modern-day South Africa, he was born. He was the son of a British banker. And um, when he was three years old, Tolkien's mother, his sister, and himself set off to go to England to visit family. But while they were away, Tolkien's father died. Which left, as you might imagine, the family in turmoil. Uh, no income, nowhere to move. So they moved in with his mother's parents. And then Tolkien grew close to his aunt, a woman named Jane, who worked at a farm called Bag End. <gasps> no. Yes. That was the name of her farm? Yep. What? Now, Ronald, as he was called as a boy, cultivated this early love of botany, fairy tales, and writing all on this farm. His mother... Uh, his mother incensed her good Baptist family, his mother, I'm sorry, Tolkien's mother incensed her good Baptist family by converting to Catholicism. Mm. And Tolkien treasured that faith throughout his entire life. But this is why I bring this up, became a huge obstacle in his love life. Tolkien was 16 when he met a young woman, three years his senior, named Edith. And since she was three years his senior and a Protestant to boot, their love was forbidden by Tolkien's guardian, a, a stern old priest by the name of Father Morgan, who considered Edith a bad influence on this young man. So Father Morgan told Tolkien that he could not talk or even see Edith until he was 21 years of age. And so remarkably, Tolkien abided by this edict. Hmm. He wrote a letter to his son years later, and he said this, quote, I had to choose between disobeying and grieving or deceiving a guardian who had been a father to me more than most fathers and dropping the love affair until I was 21. I don't regret my decision, though it was very hard on my lover, but it was not my fault. She was completely free and under no vow to me, and I should have no just complaint, except according to the unreal romantic code, if she had gotten married to someone else. 
For very nearly three years, I did not see or write to my love. It was extremely hard at first. The effects were not wholly good. I fell back into folly and slackness and misspent a good deal of my first year of college. However, the day before Tolkien turned 21, he wrote a letter to Edith, declaring that he had never stopped loving her and he wanted to get married immediately. She responded with a bombshell. She had gotten engaged to someone else she had heard since she had heard nothing from Tolkien in those years. Tolkien flew into action. He boarded a plane for Cheatham, England, where Edith was staying with a family friend, and she met him at the platform. The two spent the day together roaming the countryside, and that very day, she sent her engagement ring back to her former (gasps) fiancé, and she accepted Tolkien's proposal. They were married three years later, though she apparently left the Anglican Church for Tolkien's (gasps) Catholic upbringing only grudgingly. They remained married until Tolkien, until she died in 1971. He uh, died a few years later. That's an amazing story I never knew. How about that? True love abides. (gasps) Yes. J.R.R. went after it, Mike. Aren't you uh-huh. proud of him? Yeah, he did, man. He got on the plane. The day That's before, what you call a man. Yep. The day before he turned 21, he was like, let's put this into action. Good for him. Yeah. I cool. cannot believe, if you're a fan of The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings, can you believe that Bag End is the, was the name of his aunt's farm? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... That's foundation it one. Is. Changed everything forever. That's so great. Take wow. a break. Come back. Uh, what are we talking about? Yeah, who oh, can you call oh, oh. at 4 a.m.? And what does that say about you? 101.5 WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. Let me tell you how you can sort out your friends. You want to know the ones that are casual? The ones that are just companions? The ones that are committed? All you have to do is go through a crisis in your life. That's all you have to do. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Powerful Principles from Proverbs, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in 84. It's Dairy Farm Tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. At the Springhouse in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse in 84. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then... She saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, O negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you. And Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? 
To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. Whoa, long time no see. It's me, the rock t-shirt in the back of your closet. Dude, remember? You crowd surfed in me, man. But you haven't worn me in like forever. I get it, you're retired, but I still got some rock left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forever Mark Tribute Collection. Diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit TrinityJewelers.com. I don't know, five or six years ago. No, when I when we go to bed at night, my wife and I, like I think most people, you put your phone on the nightstand. I do. Now, I, you know how this happens. The phone would buzz sometimes in the middle of the night. You know, someone your ESPN update. Well, you know, I, I don't get notifications, but me sometimes te- me texting you, you texting, and then our boss texting us. You know, and the office hours are the office hours now, and so it would buzz throughout the night. My wife would go, would you put that thing, you know, and so now I put it on that, well, I don't even know Do what it's Do not disturb. Called. Yeah, from like 10 p.m. until 7 a.m., which gives me a little window of peace and calm. Mm-hmm. However, our, our next guest, April Lawson, she has a, a different rule here that she learned from someone that she loves. April Lawson is the Associate Director of Weave, the Social Fabric Project at the Aspen Institute. Uh, April, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Thanks so much. It's great to be here. I'm great. How are you guys? Real good. Thanks as always. You always bring interesting topics to our show. Yeah, and this is one of them because <laughs> as I was reading your uh, your email to us this morning, I was thinking that your question that you posed, if you needed help mm-hmm. at 4 a.m., who would you call? Mm-hmm. And then try to think further, what does that say about you? What does that say about your friends? And I really had never thought of it, but I think that's illustrative, right, of saying what the relationship is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I do the same thing you do, John. I I, I use the do not disturb phone uh, setting. And um, yeah, I think it's it's an actually, so there's um, what, what it, uh, with an iPhone, what you can do is you can set up a, um, uh, you can set it so that your favorites list, those calls do ring through, even if you have it on Do Not Disturb. Oh. Um, and so what I do is um, uh, I, I just carefully pick people to be on my favorites list so that then when I put my phone, I call it on moon because little symbols of moon. It's right. my moon list. Um, uh, it's, it's those people can get to me. And it's just interesting because I met this, this amazing man in Chicago named Charles Perry, who um, he spent, he's a convicted felon. He spent 20 years in prison and he um, has gotten out of prison and he is absolutely committed to making sure that young men like him don't follow that path if he can help them avoid it. And so he goes and, and meets these young men and their families and often they're not ready to talk to him or to change. And so what he tells them is, well, tell me your name. I'll put you in my phone and you can call me anytime, day or night. 
And just, um, it's amazing to me, and it really struck me because, (laughs) well, I just, it's so different from what most of us do, right? And I, um, uh, the thing about being around people like this is that you want to be like them. And so it just made me think, like, who is on my list, right? Like, who who do I give that level of access to me? And um, I think, you know, it's interesting for all of us to think about, uh, yeah, so do you guys do that too? Do you have people who can access you or, or not really? Well, to be honest, you know, you bring this up. You tell that story about you know that kindness of the of the uh, Charles. What that is is the gift of availability, and to me that's so exactly. precious. I remember years ago, mm-hmm. years ago, I was uh, at a job somewhere, and when the job was over, you know, it was a bunch of people who had got together for this film shoot, and when the job was over, I, uh, somehow I, I didn't have a car. So this guy said, who I had just met that day, he said, "I'll drive you home." Mm-hmm. This guy went like literally 20 miles out of his way to drive me home. Mm-hmm. And then in front of my house, he handed me his business card. And he said, hey, John, if you ever need anything, feel free to give me a call. And he wasn't selling me anything or anything like that. But to this day, mm-hmm. I mean, I never called this guy back to my regret. But I always think about mm-hmm. that great act of kindness because he was saying to me, I, I, I like you and I'm interested in you. Right. And there's availability here. Mm-hmm. So if you want to engage, mm-hmm. I'm open for business. So I, th- that mm-hmm. to me is really precious, April. I completely agree. And I think that especially in the, the way that the modern world encourages us to live, it's just that's more true than it's ever been before. And just the gift of your time. I mean, I have to admit, though, I when I started thinking about this, um, I realized that uh, the reason I started using a moon list is that um, I uh, um, in 2015 I, had a, I experienced a serious injury in martial arts class, and um, they were sort of putting me into the ambulance. And they were saying, "Well, who should we call? Who's on your list?" I'm like, and I from your phone, and somebody else was doing it, and I. Um, you know, my parents live across the country, so that wasn't going to be all that helpful. And um, I live with my best friend. And so I was like, oh, thank goodness, call Kristen, you know. Um, and and they called and they got her and she came to the ER and it was just so good to have her there and everything turned out okay. Nice. But um, what I learned later is that she, um, we happened to catch her, she, she got home from work and turned on her phone. And then she was going dancing uh, literally 10 minutes later. And we happened to call her right in that 10-minute window. And so we got her, and she came to the ER, and it was just so helpful. But if we hadn't caught her in that window, I would have been out of luck. And um, so after that, I I told her, I looked this up because I wanted her to be available to me, actually, because um, I just was worried for a while because I was on, on crutches and pain meds and all that stuff. And, um, and so since then, I've tried to figure out who in my life do I want to be available in that way, too, and so there are people that I take on and off the list. You know, if a friend loses a family member or if they have a breakup or whatever, I'll put them on the list for a few weeks and take them off. Um, obviously, you know, my family and my boyfriend and um, those folks are on there too. Yes. Um, but uh, the only other sort of category is, well, my boss, I suppose. Um, and then uh, we've talked before about the, the sexual assault hotline I, I work for, volunteer for, and, and there are some people from that on there too and that's interesting to me because that's the sort of only area of my life where I can claim to be anything like Charles Perry mm-hmm. and like you know actually doing something worthwhile and but but I make sure to do it in a way that is like there are only a certain number of people it's only a certain number of hours it's very carefully controlled and I just I don't know I wonder if there's a way to live 
that is more open, like more just sort of giving and, and available right. in that way. Well, you know, I'll tell you, the, it's not the answer anyone wants to hear, but if you have anyone in your family who has a chronic illness, you won't be able to turn your phone off ever. I mean, right. my dad's been uh, ill for the last couple of years, and I can never, I never, ever, I haven't turned my phone off in two years. Wow. Because you can't. Wow. Because people, because people mm-hmm. need you. They depend upon you. Right. So if you've got, I'm sure there are a lot of parents that are listening who have special needs kids or whatever, they can never turn right. their phone off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a, yeah. I think that's a luxury that a lot of people have that they don't look at as a luxury that a lot of us don't have. Right. Um, and that that's just a, di- it's a different way of living. But I'm, I'm, I'm remember pre cell phones. I mean, I remember growing up in the sixties right. and the seventies when that rare instance and the phone would ring in the middle of the night. Holy smokes. Right. It was like an earthquake going off. Who was calling at 3 a.m.? It was something that was extremely important. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So, whereas I feel like now people would text you or at least people text me right. at lots of weird hours. And so if I don't have moon on, then. You know, I, I get woken up every couple of hours. Right, 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 right. So, so it seems, yeah, like you have to filter out some things. Go ahead. Yeah, but so what you, the, the point is, right, is you're talking about who are you open to, to being a presence in their lives at all hours of the right. day and night and how valuable that right. is. Because as open mm-hmm. as we seem to be, it's also necessary for us to build walls of security around ourselves. Otherwise, we're going to drive ourselves crazy with distraction and just, you know, the neediness of the world. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And there's some balance somewhere in there that's, I don't know, though. I mean, I have to say, so, well, you're right, Kathy. This is absolutely a luxury. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who this will just never be a possibility for. I mean, I think even parents uh, of of children without particular needs are um, just t- tied to their phones, you know, because someone needs you. Um, that said, the, the thing about Charles Perry is that he has... He has five kids, all of whom are under the age of five. And so it's not like he's like not a stressed out person. Like, right, right. Uh, and yet he, even he is able to, to get, to be available. And I, mm-hmm. I just feel like the answer isn't in cutting ourselves off. Um, but then of course, like I, I told you guys, I, I do that and it seems like a survival skill also. So right. I don't know what the balance is, but right. I do think it's a proxy, as you say, for, who do you let in, right? Like, who yeah, and I also think it's an important. Really que- I think it's an important question to ask yourself. I mean, we're kind of looking at it for the most part as the one who's being contacted. But like you said, when you got hurt in your class, there's going to be a time mm-hmm. when you are in a crisis and you're going to need somebody. And do you have anybody who cares for you enough that you have enough intimacy in a relationship that you could call them at four a.m. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, yeah, right. if you don't, then maybe that's a moment where you have to like take stock a little bit and say, okay, because there's going to come a time in your life, I guarantee it, where you're going to have a crisis. And mm-hmm. if you don't have anybody mm-hmm. at that point, then you're going to wish that you'd thought about it years ahead and cultivated something. That's really good. Yeah. 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 That's a really interesting point too. I agree. I, I think that, <laughs> you know, we're, we're all going to be in that position and, and um, it just makes you think, you know. Especially because you do need someone nearby, not just, like I said, my parents are wonderful, but they live in California and it's just, you know. So, not feasible. Um, and, yeah. And how many of the people are there? And, yeah. So. That's good. Yeah, April, thanks an awful lot. That's a good, You're very good thoughtful. question to yeah. ask. Thanks, April. April Lawson, uh, Associate Director of Weave, the Social Fabric Project at the Aspen Institute. Who's available at 4 a.m.? Stick around. we got lots more ahead. It's the Friday edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Uh, trucks. SUVs, what are the best sellers 
Are you interested in driving one of those things? I drove one just recently over a Christmas break. Holy smokes. Gold is a better way. Gold is a better way. Gold is a better way.com. Imagine doing business with a company that seeks to add massive value before asking for your business. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the co-owner of Advantage Gold and the author of the now national best-selling book, Gold is a Better Way. This book may not be for you, but if you're like most people, you'll be blown away when you learn why gold is set to soar to over $10,000. And as a bonus for hitting the bestsellers list, I've been gifted 250 copies from my publisher. If you have an IRA or 401k with over $100,000, I want to send you a copy of the national best-selling book. You can buy it on Amazon or go to Barnes & Noble or be among the first 250 people to reply. Just text the word bestseller to 49776. That's bestseller to 49776 to claim your free national bestselling book now. That's the word bestseller to 49776. We promise to add massive value before ever asking for your business. Just text the word bestseller to 49776. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher mortgage payments. At Quicken Loans, we've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates so you can buy a home with certainty. It's called Rate Shield, and here's how it works. With Rate Shield, you can lock your interest rate while you shop for a new home. So if rates go up, you don't have to worry. And here's the best part. If rates go down, you get the lower rate. With Rate Shield, we really have you covered. Here are more reasons why you'll want to work with America's largest mortgage lender. For eight years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. And for the fifth year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in the nation for mortgage servicing. Rate Shield. Another way we can save you money on your mortgage. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Based on Rocket Mortgage data in comparison to public data records. Rachel approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Have you ever seen a pest controller spraying chemicals in your home? It makes you wonder, if their chemicals are safe, then why do they suit up and wear respirators only to leave you to walk back in unprotected? G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free. And I'm here to tell you there's a better way. In an age where we now have the choice to drive electric cars, you too can electronically read your home or business of unwanted rodents and pests. The answer is plug-in pest-free. 100% chemical-free, plug-in pest-free is your safest bet for your family and pets. Our bestseller, the Plug-in Pest-Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair dinkum. So order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code RADIO20 for 20% off plus free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's gopestfree.com, promo code RADIO20. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. Gopestfree.com today. Americans bought over 17 million vehicles for the fourth year in a row in the past year, 2018. And 68% of them, almost 70% of all of the vehicles purchased last year in the U.S. were trucks and SUVs. Yeah, well, that's why Ford and several other auto manufacturers are saying we're done making sedans. I mean, I I could not believe the number was that high. If you would have said what's the number between truck SUV versus car, I would have said more like 50-50. Right. But 70-30? Look at the roads. That's crazy. Okay, you want to hear the top 10 best-selling vehicles last year in the U.S.? Yeah, sure, sure. Starting from where? 10. I'll start you with 10. Okay. Toyota Corolla. 
Toyota Corolla number ten. Mm-hmm. You have a wait. No, you have a Sentra. You have He's a got Nissan a Camry, Sentra, doesn't he? Or do you I got a Camry. You have yes. a Camry. Okay. Right. Right. So the Corolla comes in at number ten. Okay. Nine Honda Civic. All right, two okay. sedans in a row. Love Honda Civics. Number eight, the Chevy Equinox. That's your car. I got to be honest, I really like my car. Really? Now, for years, you dissed General Motors and Chevrolet. Well, because you they did. Yeah, every, every and I'm dissing them again because they took the bailout, and now they're going to take all of the jobs that were, you know, supplying people with a livelihood yeah. in America and dissing them. So now I'm annoyed again. Yeah. I got to be honest, though, I like my car. Really? See, I'm not a Chevy guy. Yeah, I never was either. Yeah. I never bought a Chevy before. But now, now I feel badly about in, it. You're but I like the EQ. Out. I like my EQ. Number seven, new Mike's car, Toyota Camry. Whoop, oh, whoop. I love mm-hmm. that thing. Mm-hmm. Smooth. Number six, the Honda CRV. Okay, SUV. I'm not a big fan of that car. I've driven that car a couple times. Really? It's, it's not my thing. Was it a rental you drove? Uh yes, it was a rental. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the and this is a car I don't like either. The number five, the Nissan Rogue, or the Rogue Sport. Oh, you got burnt on the Nissan. Cause I, nah, because I had a Murano, which is the next level up. Oh, that car ate horrible. me sure did. economically. Number four, the Toyota RAV4, which is just like the Honda CRV. Oh, yeah, sure. That's, that's like number four. That's number four. Yeah. Here's the top three. Are you ready? Yeah. Dodge Ram. Whew, that's a big old truck. Chevy Silverado. Gigantic. Ford F-Series. All three. The top mm-hmm. three spots are those big yep, old so trucks. So one, two, three is Ford F-Series, Chevy Silverado, Dodge Ram. Oh, that's really interesting. No Honda yeah. Ridgeline. No Honda Ridgeline. I've never oh. really heard. What, what's Those that? Those are so nice. Is that the SUV? Yeah. That's no, the truck. that's a truck. Oh, that's the, the truck. Honda, yeah. Yeah. Oh, with, it's with, with real truck guys, you know, they would look at that and poo-poo it. Really? Oh, yeah. Why? Is it girly? No, it's it's more of a, you know, it's a it's a hybrid of a truck. Yeah, it is. It's not like a it's not like a work truck. It's a sort of a casual a of Sunday hidden, truck. There's a lot of hidden compartments in the truck bed. Mm. Oh. It's okay. not a, it's not a work truck. So it's not it's not it's not for a man's man. No, it's for, you know, the suburban guy who looks good and knows it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just saying, right? Mike wants that truck. That'd be very fine to have, wouldn't it? All it right. Would. So the highest rated uh, sedan out of the top 10 is no- at number seven, which is the Camry. The highest rated sedan. sedan. Holy mm-hmm. The smokes. rest of them are all SUVs. The top, the top uh, six to one top. Huh. Now, here's the weird thing. SUVs. And when you trucks. drive like an SUV, unless it's got four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive, I mean, because a lot of people buy SUVs that are just... Like a sedan, or it's just a. If it know, doesn't have four-wheel wheel, drive, there's no point. I mean, especially living drive. here, all-wheel drive. You, you know, have to have it. You got to work hard to find a four-wheel drive vehicle. Now, most people are, are driving all-wheel drive vehicles, mm-hmm. right? It's so much. Uh, one thing I love about my Camry is the gas mileage. You get, you get like thirty miles a gallon. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very nice. Yeah. Okay, so we just went to South Dakota and back, and for the first time, I rented an SUV. I rented this behemoth. It was called uh, the Nissan Armada. Which is the best car name. Oh, my gosh. That, I mean, that thing, just sounds giant. Who? I just wonder. I'm driving that thing. We drove that thing 2,700 miles round trip just a week ago from South Dakota to Pittsburgh and back again, of course. Who, who was focused on that thing? That's probably a $65,000 car. Uh, I think it starts around forty five and tops yeah, out around 60, 65, somewhere yeah. in that ballpark. And then you came home and... Came- Came home and climbed in your Ford Taurus. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> there we go. I bet that felt really low. It, there's a big difference. Yeah. Did you like the Armada? I did not. Tell me. Um, it was unwieldy. Mm, it, was, it was just too big. It was massive. I mean, that's a huge car. Yeah. One thing I liked about it, man, that you know, you're going to merge with traffic. That thing has 400 horsepower. Wow. So you hit that thing, boom, it takes off like a rocket. I mean, you know, first couple of times my kids were like, yeah, yeah, digging it in the back seat. But you did feel secure because you're a little lifted up, 
but it wasn't the one that I rented was not an all wheel drive. See now, then then if you're, you've become a danger to yourself. We hit that black ice. That's yeah. the reason I bought it. We hit black ice and we were flying sideways because down the road. Because it's way too high. You've got no no you center, know, center gravity. of gravity. No. Oh my. Holy smokes. That's like a, a Cadillac Escalade. That same Pretty size, much so. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's way too big of a car. Was it comfortable? Oh, it was very comfortable. All right. Yeah, but I mean, it's it freaked me out because it was so big. Of course, all you know, all these th- things now come with those cameras, those rear cameras. I love that. I didn't trust it. Well, that's because you haven't used it. Right. When I got it in my car, I thought I will never use this. I don't this like is this. A stupid addition. I'll never use it. Listen, if there's one extra I would want on my next car, it's that camera. That real that camera. That is how I'm telling you. It. You have so much more confidence. You're not going to hit a kid. Or you're not going to hit a dog or a cat or something. It's just – it has revolutionized really? how I park and drive. Have there been instances where you're backing up and the alarm goes off and you were close to hitting something? I don't have an alarm something? on mine. Oh, because this thing had an, like something around it. Here's the weird thing. We were so ice-encrusted in Aberdeen, South Dakota – as you moved, the alarms went off because you were covered in ice and snow. So I had to go out there and find the – there had six cameras around the vehicle. I had to go find the cameras and sort of bump the ice off so the alarms would shut off. That's annoying. Big time. You know what I got for Christmas? Hmm. I haven't talked about it yet because it hasn't been installed. I got a remote starter. Oh, laddie done. That's very nice. That's classy, isn't it? Because I don't have a garage. You don't have a garage. Do you no. have a garage, Mike? I do. Okay. Shut it's a beautiful off. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it. it is. Yeah. yeah. So when it snows a lot, you, you know, your, your, your day becomes a lot longer when mm-hmm. you have to go out and chisel it out. But no longer, people. You're living Because I'm going to be a remote starter. Like, next week it gets installed. What if you, like, automatically – what if you just accidentally hit that button and it's, like, 2 a.m.? All right. Are we done for the hour? No, we're no. not. No, okay. We're not done for the hour. All right, we're, we're taking just, a break. No, no, no. We're not taking a break. No. Oh, we're not taking no, no, a break? I just not... wanted to play the beep beep. Oh. Yeah. No, no. It's confusing Did you get, <laughs> get too excited? Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm like ready to leave. <laughs> okay. So if you it. were going on a trip again, John, yeah. and you you learned your lesson from the Nissan Armada, mm-hmm. it's a little too much car, and yeah. if you don't if you don't have our wheel drive, it's it's pointless. Yeah. It's actually dangerous. What would you get next time? What If I could rent anything? Yes. I'd rent a Toyota minivan. Because it's all-wheel drive. Oh, yes. And it's a minivan. Well, the Sienna minivan is uh, That's very pretty. such a great car. Yeah. It really is. We've my, got a friend who's got it. My parents have had three of them. Yeah. And those things go forever. I think it's the it's only minivan forever. with all-wheel drive. I mean, I can't get over how mm-hmm. long. They run well, too. And you know what else I really like about the car mm. is how well it changes form inside. Like, you can move the seats you know, out of the way, you can move them into the floor. Right. You can move them halfway, or it's a really great car to pack. Nice. Yeah, my parents have had it, and every time we've taken my daughter to college, we've used it because you can get so much stuff in it. Right, right. Versus what I can. And as much as I love my Chevy EQ, there's just it's just there's a backspace and there's nothing else you can do to it. Right, right. Hey, in any in any of your cars, have you ever had a dashboard Jesus? No. What's a dashboard Jesus? What you don't know what a dashboard Jesus is? You know, it's just like a little Jesus statue on your on your dashboard. No. Now for years, my, my mom. Okay, now my mom. Yeah. God good, bless Grace good Hall. Old, yeah, Grace Hall. She had a dashboard Jesus, and for years she would hand out little medals to each one of our ki- uh, each one of us with a little ribbon attached that we were supposed to put on the sun visor as a means of protection as we were traveling. Just you know, mm-hmm. just how it works. It's kind of like a rabbit's foot, but different. Kind of in a way. 
But the dashboard, Jesus, I'm always happy to see it. Is that like on a, like a plunger thing so he can just move well, around? Well, it's probably some, something's affixed to it, right? Some kind of glue thing He's or the king of the universe. I just feel like putting him on your dashboard what? is a little minimalistic. I don't think so. I mean, you get to see the, there's Jesus right on my dashboard. I, I don't have any problem with that. I'm not going to do it, but I'm, for those who like to do it, that's fine. Just saying. Okay. Jeez. Right. What? What are you saying? <laughs> what are you saying, Jeez. <laughs> Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The Dow Jones Industrial Average came roaring back today, closing up 747 points today on a strong employment report. The Labor Department says hiring ramped up in December, which could allay fears about an economic slowdown in the U.S., Economist Gus Fauché says he's still bullish on the 2019 economy. Given the fact that consumers are in good shape, that businesses are in good shape, I think that the U.S. economy will continue to expand and that I think by the middle of this year, uh, this will become the longest expansion in U.S. economic history. China said trade talks would resume next week and Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said the central bank will be flexible with interest rates. The numbers? On Wall Street, the Dow by 747 points to 23,433. The Nasdaq rose 275. The S&P advanced 84. And oil up 87 cents to 47.96 a barrel. This is SRN News. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, all negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. Tired of working for everyone else? With Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Pittsburgh, you can be your own boss and own your own business. It's a common dream that too often goes unrealized. As owner of your own commercial cleaning franchise, you can finally take control of your future. Vanguard Cleaning Systems offers you a turnkey opportunity that takes you through everything step by step, from the initial setup, marketing, and even providing you with new customers. Even if you have no experience, Vanguard will equip you to succeed at your own pace. Vanguard's expertise is why they're consistently ranked as a top franchise in Entrepreneur Magazine. Isn't it time you stopped working for everyone else? Discover the daily joy of being your own boss. All it takes is an initial upfront investment as low as $5,000 that will quickly pay for itself with Vanguard's proven model of success. To start your own janitorial business or expand your current one, call Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Western PA, 724-870-4120. 
Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for the only $5 meal worthy of your appetite? Wendy's Giant Junior Bacon Cheeseburger Meal. Our classic Junior Bacon Cheeseburger is now bigger. With double the fresh, never frozen beef and double the applewood smoked bacon, there's nothing junior about it except the price. Wendy's Giant Junior Bacon Cheeseburger Meal comes with nuggets, fries, and a drink for just $5. Get the $5 Giant Junior Bacon Cheeseburger Meal at Wendy's. Giant Meal, Junior Price. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. Cloudy tonight with some rain at times, the low 36. Tomorrow, some rain around early, mostly south and east of the city. Otherwise, clouds will give way to some sunshine, mild high 49. Some clouds tomorrow night and brisk with a couple of flurries late, low 31. Then variably cloudy and cooler for Sunday, highs right around 40 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. The sun's setting on a gorgeous day here in the city of Pittsburgh. Beautiful, isn't it? That sun, I just love it so much. I can't wait till the sun is setting at like 8 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Well, the good news is, though, it's a few minutes past the 5 o'clock hour. Right, and it's still light-ish. Yeah, so it could be a lot worse. Are you saying that I should reform my attitude? No, I get it. Believe me, I'm in lockstep with you. But, you know, brighter days are ahead, Kat. It's been really warm so far. It sure And has I'm been. really into it. <laughs> me too. I really Listen, love it. Like I said, I was in Aberdeen, South Dakota this time last week. It was 17 below. 17 below. And people shrugged their shoulders like, yeah, this is how it is. Mm-hmm. It's what you get used to. It's horrible. Oh. I feel so badly for those people. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I can stick with 40s. I decided today when I walked out of the out the door, it was um, maybe 9 o'clock this morning. It was 36 degrees or 38 degrees. Yeah. I don't remember which. And I thought, this is pretty much what I think should be the very bottom temperature in any Your climate winter. any climate that I want to live in. So that would be like living in Virginia probably, Fine. wouldn't it? Fine. Right? We met some people. Uh, we took a, My wife and I took a quick vacation to f- uh, Florida in September. And we met some people and they were like, we used to live on the Outer Banks, but it was too cold for us. It was too cold for us. Yes. In North Carolina. So they moved to Florida. Which is, I'm sure, a little wow. warmer than North Carolina. And now they're thinking of moving to Peru. <laughs> they were wearing funny hats. Anyway, it's a little after 5 o'clock, John. And what does that, that mean? means dinner time. We're having ravioli. Very nice. Yeah. Thank goodness for Chef Boyardee. That is... A ridiculous jingle. That's wouldn't you love to be in that recording session? Wouldn't that be great with those kids? Mm-hmm. You're the conductor. Mm-hmm. 
And then you get to be the mom's voice. Okay, we play that because, uh, I don't know, maybe a month or two back, we got caught up in this conversation about a favorite of mine, which is Chef Boyardee ravioli. How can that be a favorite? I mean, I understand if life as we know it is about to expire from the earth and desperation has set in. No, no. Here's the deal. When I'm like home alone, like say my wife, like my wife's going to go away on a, on a business thing. And my kids have left the house. You know, they're in college. Don't even tell me you are going to eat Chef Boyardee alone in your home. Yep. That Happily. With a John, smile on my face. That is, That's, I need to schedule an intervention. With a that, smile is on not my o- face. that is not okay. I dig it. I'm no. happy to have that. Give me some Chef Boyardee. How about some SpaghettiOs? That's very nice. No. That's not, Mike, would you do that? I'm more of a SpaghettiOs guy myself. Oh, yeah. That's a higher breed. I'd rather have SpaghettiOs than yeah. Chef Boyardee. <laughs> Tastes better. My yeah, this is a, this, it's the same and thing. And this is not... This is not, it's a, not the same thing. It's, it's not a debate worth having. I can promise you that. Oh, it definitely is. It's anyway, today is National Spaghetti Day. Very nice. Which is the day that we celebrate pasta in all its forms. Mm-hmm. If you like the elbow, if you like the fusilli spring. No, it's SpaghettiO doesn't count because that's fake pasta. Anyway, today's National Spaghetti Day. So, of course, we, we wanted to talk about all our favorite pastas. And just last night, we got a phone call. From one of our listeners. I'm a long-time listener to Word FM. My name is Eric. I I listened to John and Kathy, and I was going to say, tell Kathy I'm sitting in a chair with no arms, (laughs) eating Chef Boyardee pizza with a side of Chef Boyardee (laughs) ravioli. (laughs) I'm with John all the way on Chef Boyardee. Very nice, Eric. I feel badly for Eric. No, I feel good about him. We're kindred spirits. So he's making Chef Boyardee pizza, too. That's the ultra-thin crust, you might want to call that. Is it really? Oh, it is. Yeah. That's very good stuff. Chef Boyardee. Very nice. I like that woman at the end. Chef Boyardee. Yeah, can you do that? Just her voice, Mike? I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank goodness for Chef Boyardee. Thank goodness for Chef Boyardee. You got a little... Anyway, so poor Eric, the listener, and poor no, you good, guys. Because listen, how hard is it to actually make pasta? You boil water and you put it in the water. Yeah, but I've got to wait. I've got to wait. Look, the angel hair is a whole two minutes. I mean, you know, I'm doing some Chef Boyardee. I plop that in a little bowl, put it in the microwave for two two and a half minutes. I'm good to go. I'm going to sit down and watch some ESPN. That's so nasty. Guy heaven. That's what I'm saying. What about lasagna? I love lasagna. Isn't lasagna good? It is. It's the anti-Chef Boyardee. I feel like that's my favorite pasta. Oh, Like of any pasta arrangement, I think I would pick that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't want sausage in it. I don't mind sausage. Because I'm not a big sausage fan. How about fan. spinach? I'll take spinach in mm, it. Yeah. But I would like meat. Okay. I don't like, I mean, a vegetarian lasagna is fine, so, but I find myself, you know, a little dissatisfied at the end. The thing about ravi- or lasagna is that everybody does it just a little bit different. And isn't that, glor- it's like potato salad. Mm-hmm. Don't you want to try everyone's lasagna? I surely do, yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like it. I like it a lot better than manicotti, which I think is too much cheese. Manicotti, yeah, those like little Boats of ricotta no. cheese. That's a little too much for No, no, me. no. The boats, that's... No, no, that's not manicotti. What is it? No, manicotti is also like lasagna. It's a it's a layered thing. Oh, I thought it was like the little... The seashells. No, the seashells. that was manicotti. No, no. Seashells are just shells. Are you sure about that? Yeah. What's the little boats of manicotti? Shells. Uh, just shells. Shells. Okay. And, you're, it's, and it's filled with ricotta cheese. Yeah. It's a yeah. Little, that's way too cheesy. I think that's too cheesy. It's like a gag. <laughs> Help me. I get them... Too when I was cheese. a kid, I hated ricotta, but the older I get, I'm liking it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very nice. Hey, uh, what time is it? I almost forgot. Yeah. I believe it's time for me to tell you, John. 
You're supposed to say what? What? Your weekend has <laughs> begun. <laughs> oh, there yeah. it is. Yeah. You see, our production's off a little bit today. <laughs> Just a little slow here on the uptake. It's a three-day work week. Yeah, the weekend has become. It's 10 minutes past the 5 o'clock hour. on vacation. Truly, all is right and well. You don't have to tell me about it. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're taking a break. Come back. Marilyn McIntyre is with us. Thank goodness for Chef Boyardee. What's up next? Ordinary prophecy. Every believer's task, including yours. We missed that meeting. Grief. Holy smokes. Heaven help us. One hundred one point five W O R D. We're still in Doctor McGee's study in the Book of Proverbs this week on Through the Bible Radio, and he's covering a topic that some in the church would rather have left alone: hypocrisy among believers. But hypocrisy does exist in Christian circles, and it shouldn't be ignored. The Proverbs are good at making Christians face up to sins like hypocrisy and bitterness. So we hope that you'll tune in this week and listen. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Proverbs 17.22 tells us that laughter doeth like good medicine. It's true. Science has discovered that when a person laughs, their body actually releases endorphins into the bloodstream. These tiny hormones actually increase the body's ability to heal. So here's a question. When was the last time you had a good laugh with your spouse? I mean, a really good belly laugh. Hi, we're Jay and Laura LaFoon, and we'd like to invite you to our ultimate date night, where you'll spend 90 minutes with your spouse laughing like you haven't laughed in years. Since 1996, we've been traveling the country using our unique style of marriage edutainment to seamlessly combine humor and biblical truth. So join us and have a great laugh with your spouse. Word FM presents The Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon Friday, February 1st at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Tickets just $48 a pair. Special VIP package including dinner also available. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash date night. Ah, the holiday's over and I'm sure back at the spring house, Marsha's just sitting around eating bonbons. Marsha? <laughs> Hi guys, how are you today? Ah, happy new year to you, Marsha. How are you doing? Good, great. How about you two? Oh, we can't complain. We are A-OK, but tell oh. us, what's what's the news at the Springhouse, Marsh? Well, it is January, so it's kind of a quiet time on the farm, because, you know, we've seen everybody in the last two weeks. Right. Everybody. <laughs> Capital E, Marsha. <laughs> you experienced that when you were here, didn't you, I John? surely did. Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, we are actually just having a family meeting right now. We have the four young people that have either just graduated from college or are in college, the third generation, and we're having a meeting talking about where we want to go next with the spring house. So it's a, kind of an exciting time of the year. Very good. Yeah, to plan ahead as the, isn't the farmers that wonderful? Follow. Isn't that wonderful? You know, the, it's a property that your parents bought, Marsh, and uh, yeah. it's, you know, su- supported all of you guys, and now you're talking about the next generation. Yeah, and we're asking them, what are your passions? You know, what do you want to do? I mean, they're talking about raising these beef animals and maybe, you know, serving our own beef along with our own milk and our chocolate milk and our buttermilk and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, thinking about do we want to have a wedding venue right here on the farm? And, you know, just do we want to start making homemade yogurt? Just thinking about, you know, all kinds of possibilities because they're young and their minds are vibrant and those of us that get tired are getting rejuvenated. Yeah. (laughs) That's wonderful. I'm sure there'll be a happy day when you pass that baton to the next generation, (laughs) Marcia. 
Well, I'll tell you, you know what? Throughout Christmas and New Year's, we, we loved all everything we sure that you're a part of. I can't tell the you salmon, how much we enjoyed The ham, it. Yep. everything that comes from the spring house was really wonderful. And when I went down there to visit, you packed me a nice uh, a travel bag as we did our road trip. We had cookies and candies across America thanks to you and the spring house, Marsh. <laughs> we really did. Good. Hey, listen, for anything that's really delectable, go to the spring house. Mm-hmm. You'll see firsthand fresh, wonderful to eat always at the spring house. Long before online retailers started stuffing beds into boxes, the original Mattress Factory was shaking up the mattress industry. We raised the bar on quality with our hand-built American-made mattresses and sold them factory direct for a fraction of the cost of the mainstream brands. In an industry full of gimmicks and sketchy sales tactics, the original Mattress Factory has stayed true to what we've always been. Great beds, no bull. Stop by an original Mattress Factory store or visit OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Losing business to online companies? Call us at Salem Surround. Digital marketing that surrounds potential customers with your message wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review. We offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and prescribe solutions to dramatically increase your bottom line. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increase. ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com, connecting you with new customers. Marilyn McIntyre is back with us. Marilyn is a dedicated list maker, the award-winning author of books on language and faith, including Make a List, What's in a Phrase, Pausing Where Scripture Gives You Pause, winner of Christianity Today's 2015 Book Award, and Caring for Words in a Culture of Lies. She's got a brand new work in the mix here to talk to us about that today. Marilyn, welcome back. How are you? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. It's nice to be back. Marilyn, tell me what you mean by ordinary prophecy. Wow, just plunge right in. Well, yes. I just thought, um, you know, I, it's, I know what prophecy means. I know what ordinary means, yeah. but I've never thought of them together. Well, I think the word prophet can be either prophet capitalized as in Isaiah and Jeremiah, or it can, prophecy can be one of the many gifts that people exercise in a faith community that sometimes you are called on to speak the prophetic word. And sometimes that can be a willingness to come forward and say, do you people see what's happening here? And point out some of the larger implications of a problem that's at hand. And sometimes it is to say, you know what, I have a strong feeling or intuition, or I had a dream, and I just want to share it with you because I wonder if it's information we need to consider. Or I think ordinary prophecy, as I write about in one of the chapters of the book I'm working on, is can be the task of reminding people of what they already know. I I started, when I thought about this chapter, I started thinking of all the places where both the prophets and Jesus himself say, do you not know this? Mm -hmm. And I think about the times when my mother said, you know better than this. (laughs) So all of those things seem to me to be um, the ways in which people in church communities serve a prophetic function from time to time doesn't mean that you assign yourself the role of the prophet, but it does mean that you're willing to step up and step into information that comes to you if you feel that it's for the benefit of the community. Yes. So is wisdom and prophecy so deeply entwined, or are they mutually exclusive? Well, I think that there. I would only distinguish them in the sense that prophecy is a term I would reserve for those 
special occasions when you think this is a moment to step forward with mm-hmm. information that's not being put in the mix. And I have access to that, and it appears that other people don't, so I'm going to offer this. Or, you know, sometimes, I mean, obviously there are people who are self-appointed prophets that are completely tiresome, and I've known some of them, (laughs) and I don't want to be one of them. (laughs) I get that, yes. But I also think I'm very grateful when people are willing to say, you know, I have a strong feeling here that comes out of a particular experience that I've been given, and I just want to share that. And that feels to me like a consent, a moment when you consent to what's been given to you and that it's a time to share it. And mm-hmm. that takes discernment. That takes wisdom. So I think of wisdom as more generally a, an accumulation or a practice of listening to God, listening to the Spirit, um, understanding your own spiritual path and so on. Whereas prophecy is a much more specific function that you may be called upon to perform from time to time. So we know the scriptures tell us that some have the gift of prophecy, but that right. doesn't seem like that's what you're talking about here, or is it? Well, I think that a gift of prophecy is to say that some people really are exceptionally intuitive or insightful or have a habit of mind that really consistently serves the community in a prophetic way. I mean, honestly, I think of Wendell Berry as one of the prophetic voices in our generation. Mm-hmm. He's, he's written widely. He looks around. He looks at all kinds of environmental issues. He connects them to faith issues. He connects them to care of language. And many people, I think, think of him as a kind of prophetic voice. And again, it's not to say that he's got the same status as Isaiah, but it is to say that he's speaking a word into our generation that we really need to hear from somebody. And he knows how to say it, and he does it with care and um, discernment and grace and skill. So in that sense, I think that some people are given the gift of prophecy, as some people are given the gift of teaching. Lots of people can teach. Some people teach exceptionally well. And so to be given a gift is to say, this is going to consistently be your role in the community. Yes. But I think gifts can be given for particular occasions, too. So we we live in a time now, though, Marilyn, and I, I don't know this is, you know, I, this is unique to just where we are in America in the 21st century, where these reminders, these prophets, if you do speak up and say, this has been the path before us before, well, mm-hmm. to, to say that now is, in some ways, it's out of step with history, or you're in the history bin, or it doesn't apply. You're out to, of step <laughs> with the present, you mean. Right, yeah. yes. You know, you, you, it, those right. things of the past do not apply to where we are today. And I think a lot of people would disagree, especially people who are of the Christian faith. Oh, well, I think people who are insistently um, contemporary, who listen only to contemporary voices, become shallow. I mean, really, I think part of the function of a prophet is to say we must remember the history of our country, our tribe, our relationship with God, you know, so the remember injunction comes right from the prophets in Scripture. And I think now you really have to be, uh, you have to say, look at the long history 
we didn't just all of a sudden begin to have this problem. It's occurred before. It's occurred before because there were similar conditions. We can learn something from what happened before. But yeah, I mean, I don't think that history is self-justifying as an academic discipline, mm-hmm. any more than literature is, which is what I've been teaching for decades. Mm-hmm. You have to, it doesn't go without saying the way math and science do. You have to say, okay, why would we read a poem right now at a time like this? Or why would we bother to read anything about the ancient Egyptians? And there's an answer to that, but you have to be somebody who's willing to deliver it to people who aren't that eager to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Marilyn McIntyre is with us, award-winning author of books on language and faith, including Make a List, What's in a Phrase, Pausing Where Scripture Gives You Pause, which is winner of Christianity Today's 2015 Book Award in Spirituality, and one of my favorite books I personally read last year called Caring for Words in a Culture of Lies. Um, Marilyn, when I think about um, people who have been prophetic in my life, at different stages, I think of people who have cultivated that. And I don't mean in a way that they thought they were prophets and so they got, you know, they read all the prophecy books. But mm-hmm. to me, with them, it was just a history of gaining in knowledge and acquiring wisdom. And yeah. kind of those two put together with a an actual living relationship with God that's the three-pronged sword that I think of when, I, when I'm just – I mean, there are only a handful of people in my life I can say that about, and that's what I think of. Right. That, that's what they had all in common. Yeah, and I guess I would add to that three-pronged thing. Um, the people I think of as having been prophetic in my life also have what my grandmother would have called gumption, hmm. you know, a certain kind of courage that says, honey, you may not want to hear this, but I, I feel it's my job to tell you. And I put it in those terms because one of them was this wonderful woman from the Deep South who would just, she was very good-humored and loving and discerning, but she knew when to say the the word of warning or the word of correction or um, point out something I or others might not be seeing. Because she thought about it and she saw it and she she sort of knew when it was an important moment to speak up. Hmm. So that knowing, I think, comes from real self-knowledge and, as you say, from a mature spiritual life of one's own. When I'm I th- really grateful for those people. Yeah, and I, and I think of um, two of the people who told me things that were really uh, the, uh, of great impact. Neither one of them remember saying it to me. That's interesting, isn't it? It is, because to me, it's as clear as a bell. I mean, I remember the words they used, and neither one of them remember it happened. (laughs) But was it part of the fabric of their lives? Well, it wasn't as much a a part of their lives as clearly it was of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but isn't that lovely? It's like people who just drop pearls in their path and move on. Mm -hmm, Right. And it makes me think of somebody who said when they're selecting a pope, one of the things they want to look for is somebody who really doesn't want to be pope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please. You know, if you're pushing your own agenda, then you're probably not in an authentic place of receiving and offering a word from God. That's good. Marilyn McIntyre is with us. Marilyn's a teacher, a writer, a poet. And speaking of poetry, Marilyn, a new book of poems that was just out last month called Occasions. Tell us about that, please. Yeah. Oh, actually, I have published several books of poetry before, but this one didn't think it was going to grow up and be a book. 
these are books, uh, these are poems that were written for specific people on specific occasions, like anniversaries and birthdays and graduations and returns from long trips and this and that. And a friend of mine who has received several of these poems said, I really think you should make a book out of them. Oh, lovely. And I said, no, they were just written for particular people. And she said, well, that's your experience, but my experience is they're poems that people would enjoy reading. And so I went back through them, and I thought about the long history of so-called occasional poetry, which is there in every English anthology. I thought, okay, you know, I'll see if a publisher wants to take it. And they did. And it's sort of fun to read them as poems for the public. I took all the names off the poems of people they were for and just put them in there. And that was an interesting experience for me about the fluidity of um, intention that I thought I was writing these for very specific occasions. That's really interesting. But everybody has those occasions in their lives. Those, yeah, yeah, those very special. So so what's that like for you as a writer? Because, you know, you've been with us more than several times in the past, and always the books that you write are, are very deep and evocative in many ways. But mm-hmm. what is it to put on the poet's hat as opposed to writing a piece that, you know, that is not, that is prose? Well, that's an interesting question. When people introduce me when I speak as a poet, I always, I'm always a little taken aback hmm. because I don't feel as though that's, an identity. I do, however, write poetry, and I've published, what, five books of poetry now. So my husband laughs at me and says, at what point are you going to think you're a poet? (laughs) (laughs) But but still, you know, the poets that I know and respect, the living poets, are people who work very hard at it, and that's the main thing they write, and they gather, and they work in writers' groups, and they have a real vocation to poetry, whereas I feel like poems come as little gifts now and then and I, my feeling is oh thank you okay <laughs> hmm. I'll write a poem and then I'll get back to the prose that is what I consider my craft so I do have two very different hats and yes. I'm always very grateful when poetry comes but I don't feel as though that's my it, it comes as a surprise that's interesting so so what I love I is like what I own it when you read poetry, and I'm sure you know this as well, when you write poetry, oftentimes it becomes prayerful, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. And it's a nice segue to saying that a book that's just coming out in March is called When Poets Pray. Hmm. And it was an effort to reflect on, uh, I think it was 15 to 20 poems that are prayers or poems about prayer that can teach us something about prayer. I. I've taught a number of courses on poetry and prayer, and one of the, the premises of these courses is that poetry, even if it's not religious or spiritual poetry as such, brings us up to the threshold of prayer just by asking us to pause and slow down and live with words in a different way and receive them from a quieter place. I think poetry does something different to us. It's closer to what prayer does. That's award-winning author of books on language and faith, Marilyn McIntyre. Marilyn, thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure to be with you again. Always our pleasure. We'll take a break and come back. Prayer and poetry on a Friday afternoon. It's a very good thing to lean into the weekend with that. Stick around. We've got more ahead. We're going to go into uh, the top songs. The countdown next. 
if you're serious about wanting to be your own boss and if you're serious about wanting to succeed, your very first phone call should be to Vanguard. Rob Thomas is living proof of how quickly you can grow with Vanguard Cleaning System's proven model of success. That's really shocking, ain't it? Shock me. <laughs> when I started, it was me and my brother on the truck. Now I got two company trucks, eight people that work for me, and I got an office on Braddock Avenue. And that's in a year and a half. They give me my first contract, a company down on the North Shore. The next thing you know, one turn to two two turn to three three turn to ten because they got good reviews about my work makes me feel like i'm making a difference the trainer was good you get a lot of one-on-one time facetime and it's not like you go through training and that's it they're always a phone call away you want to go to vanguard because they're going to put you in the best position to succeed with vanguard backing you sky's the limit to start your own janitorial business in the pittsburgh area call vanguard cleaning systems of western pa 724-870-4120 at the cma found Foundation, we believe every child should have the access and opportunity to participate in quality music programs. I'm Sarah Evans. Music has always been a huge part of my life. Music education isn't just important if you're going to make it your career. It also helps children develop the abilities that set them up for lifelong success. Music is transformative, and I want to ensure that it is never silenced. Learn more at itstartswithme.org. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping. And I'll see you at the club. Thank you. My oldest son is a junior at Grove City College, and throughout his high school and up until this year, his academic career has been really strong. He really hasn't had to to falter. He hasn't faltered along that way. However, this year, and especially in one class, he had himself a heck of a time. So what I suggested and what he followed through with was to talk to his professor, and the professor, in his great kindness and generosity at Grove City, set aside at least four to five different sessions outside of class. My son said they lasted about 45 minutes each. And here's the cool thing. Before the sessions got underway, the two of them sat together, teacher and student, they prayed. Now, I love that. And I don't know where that comes from, you know, from another perspective. But at Grove City, truly, when they talk about Christ being in everything, I believe it. I've seen it. My son knows it. Christ is in everything. You know, and that's the thing. You know, at this point in the year, your semester's over, right? And you have done your thing. There's a break here. Whatever, well, whatever your class is, right? You're, you're done, right? So now's the time when you are evaluating, how did I do? And next semester, how can I do a better job? Right. Right? I'll how, make the adjustment. How can I make the adjustment? But if you don't have someone who's outside of you, of you sit down with you and help you through that, then you're really left to your own devices, and it's just self-analysis. And we know from each one of us that that's not always the best no. you know, judge of, of where you are. Having that outside voice, someone who's older, someone who's wiser, someone who believes in the same God you believe in to come alongside and say, I'm taking my own free time to help you with this, that's invaluable. It sure is. Look, that's the kind of thing that you can expect if you go or your kids go to Grove City College. You want more information about Grove City? Look now, gcc.edu. Thank <laughs> you.
Cloudy tonight with some rain at times, the low 36. Tomorrow, some rain around early, mostly south and east of the city. Otherwise, clouds will give way to some sunshine, mild, high 49. Some clouds tomorrow night and brisk with a couple of flurries late, low 31. Then variably cloudy and cooler for Sunday, highs right around 40 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. again and welcome to American Top 40. My name's Casey Kasem and we're about to count down the 40 biggest hits in the USA. These are the records you're buying and radio stations are playing all over America this week according to Billboard magazine. So, here we go. Starting off with our recap of the three biggest hits in the country last week. And at number three last week was this monster hit. <laughs> well, that's nice. It is a monster hit. Hey, uh, today is Pop Music Chart Day, celebrating the anniversary of what is recognized as the first U.S. rank listings of pop songs. On January the 5th of 1936, 1936, Billboard magazine published its first hit parade listing of top pop songs. The number one song spot was claimed by Stop, Look, and Listen, recorded by jazz violinist Joe Venturi and his orchestra, as noted by Wilson Casey in First, Origins of Everyday Things That Change the World. Now, I remember going into Bender's Record Store in Swissville, PA, and on either side of the cash register was the KQV top of the charts mm. or and the Wixie top of the charts. Oftentimes, they did not have the same number one song, but that was a must-have on a really? Friday afternoon. Okay. Now, yeah. I remember listening to Casey Kasem. Oh, yeah. Which is, you know, the what voice you, the voice you just heard that Mike played for you. And so that's the only way I remember hearing the top song, the top songs. And, um, you know, I was trying to look back this morning at when I was listening to Casey Kasem, right? So, I mean, Casey, he was on for a lot oh, of my life. Decades. Right. And so I think, okay, well, I don't remember listening to him when I was a really little kid. And probably by the time I was in high school, I probably wasn't – that wasn't such a big deal for me. But I do remember a sweet spot of like eighth grade when I was all about it. Yeah. I, I remember listening on New Year's Eve, which is when they premiered the number one song of the year. And that's when you thought, oh. I can't I, – I, I could not believe that I was privy to this insider information <laughs> and felt good that I knew those songs. Right. And as you're getting towards the top, you're thinking, well, well okay. you know, it has to be. It has to be this one. And then that would come into four and you'd be like, oh, well, it's not that one. Yeah. You know, like, which one is it? And then when they would announce the number one song, not then, but the next morning, you called your friends and you were like, how oh about that God, number how one about song? about that number one song? I, I've I mean, got right. that 45. Right. Exactly. Because that's how hip I was. Th- right. So... The three of us, before the show today, decided to go back to whatever year it was that we were in eighth grade. Yeah. So you're 14 years of age? Right. And that's when whatever the number one song was, I think, was probably most vital mm-hmm. to your understanding of the world. Okay. Right? So you want to go? Uh, how do we well, start? Well, let's go in order. Let's start with yours. Okay. Listen, I'm an oldster. 1971. I was 14 years of age. And this was the top song of the year. We've heard 39 of the best-selling records in the USA this week, and we're ready for the tune that's on top. It's done by a singing group from Detroit. 
Five guys who have had 12 top 10 records. Their first hit song was way back in 1964, called The Way You Do the Things You Do. Their first number one song was My Girl, back in 1965. Their second number one song was in 1969, Can't Get Next to You. Here's their third number one song, the number one tune in the USA this week, The Temptations. Ago it was number four. Two weeks Is ago, that a number great three. Oh, that's last a terrific week, terrific song. What a great song. And now it's song. the best-selling song in the nation this yeah. week. Do you remember loving that song when you were in eighth grade? Who could not love that song? I have a very specific memory of that song. I was in eighth grade, and every Friday night they had dances in the basement of the library. Now, do you remember going to... Wait. Who dances at the library? In the basement of the library. <laughs> Those upstairs. Well, like, that's so different than dancing in the stacks. I mean, you're still at the library. No, Shitty. you're in the basement, you know, right. which was sort of like an all-purpose room. Okay. Right? So they had the dances. Now, eighth grade, I had this skill set of speaking to a girl like a pea. <laughs> I, I was so terrified. Even though I was surrounded by women all my life, I could not. I remember standing against the wall like I was holding that baby up. And the guys were on one side of the room, leaning against the wall, and the girls were on the other side, leaning against the wall, although there was always a brave you know, few girls sure. who were dancing on the floor. Sure. Most guys could not, would not. And I, but one, one week, I finally screwed up enough courage. I walked that long 20 steps across the room, and I asked a girl, would you like to dance? And that song... Just my imagination was playing. No. And she said yes. That was my first slow dance ever. Her name is? Maria Barney. (laughs) God bless you, Maria. Because if you said no, I had to turn around and walk those long 20 steps to the shame of all the other guys who just saw me walk across. Fast forward to 1982 when I was in eighth grade and this was the number one song. Now, we're up to the latest hit by the most successful singer and songwriter in the history of the Billboard pop chart. This man has hit the pop chart as a performer with 66 songs that he's written or co-written. And that's way more than anyone else in chart history. Yet, for all that success on the pop chart, this man has never managed to make an appearance on the soul chart. Although several songs that were written by him did chart, recorded by other acts. Songs like Got to Get You Into My Life by Earth, Wind & Fire. And I Want to Hold Your Hand by Lakeside. Well, just a few weeks ago, this superstar finally made his first appearance on the Soul Chart. Very likely because of a little help he got from a friend. The friend is Stevie Wonder, a superstar on both the Pop and Soul Charts. And by singing a duet with Stevie, this other superstar finally made his Soul Chart debut. And here's the song that gave Paul McCartney his first soul hit. For the fifth week in a row, the most popular song in the land is Ebony and Ivory by Paul and Stevie. It got better as the song went on. I never liked this song. No, I never really liked it a lot, though I always I liked the end, even though I didn't like the beginning. Yeah. 
I don't get that. Yeah, don't pick on my song. Okay, sorry. Well, number one song. I mean, I'm get, sorry. Get your negative opinion off my song. <laughs> Did you slow dance to that song? I uh, never. Okay. No, that wasn't quite your your slow dancing epic. It wasn't a fast dance. No, but you, it. I don't think that would have come up at a dance, would it? I, a lot of things came up at dance. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> okay. point. That's a good point. Fast forward to the year 2000. Okay. New Mike, you were in eighth grade. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. This song was the hit in 2000. No, in 2000. Who is that? I like this one. In sync, in of course. Sync. John, I, I didn't know you had moves. Oh yeah. Oh, he's got moves, Mike. You turn the music up, Mike. You know, yeah, more moves than X Lax. I burnt that eighth grade <laughs> dance floor up. You kidding me? Heck yeah, my man. Okay, is that a song that you enjoyed at the time, Mike? You know what? No, I mean, not really. Yeah. I wasn't really into. <laughs> it's like Ebony and Ivory. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was actually more into uh, Backstreet Boys than Oh right. Than oh yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. good. Well, I was into a lot of people more than I was into Paul McCartney, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Right, I was much more into Stevie Wonder. Actually. Well, I feel bad for both of you guys because I had the temptation all the way through. You really did. You had, you, had the, you had the best one. Anyway, so happy anniversary or happy birthday? What do you call it? To yeah, the uh, to the pop music chart day, right? right? Number one songs that keep us all active and happy. I like it. Take a break. Come back. Hey, uh, Jay listen. and Laura Lafoon are next. Uh, February first, Christchurch Grove Farm is date night. Yeah, it's going to be a great night. Some dancing going on there, I bet as well. So stick around for that. These are two funny people. Oh, please, get up there. I'm not dancing. Shake a leg, lady. (laughs) 101.5 WORD. With more fun for your family. Always fun. It's Word FM Family Skate Night at Neville Roller Drone. It's really fun. We're taking over the roller rink and bringing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music along for you to skate to. My whole family loves it. My kids love it. Isn't it great? We'll have great prize giveaways, too. Bring your roller skates if you've got them or rent a pair there. It's fun for your church group, youth organization, or your whole family. The kids love it, and so do we. Word FM Skate Night at Neville Roller Drone, Neville Island, this Monday from 6.30 till 9. Let's go have fun. Get details and directions at wordfm.com slash skate. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your social security check. Call 800 800- 500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. You may have to think hard about this. When was the last time you and your spouse went on a date? How about a date night where you had fun and made memories? 
It's been a while, hasn't it? Well, never fear, because the ultimate date night is near. For more than 20 years, marriage edutainers Jay and Laura LaFoon have been helping couples laugh together, sing together, and even dance cheek-to-cheek together while learning and growing closer together. The ultimate date night is a two-hour marriage experience where Jay and Laura LaFoon help couples reconnect. And whether you've been married one week or 75 years, you'll come away feeling closer to your spouse. In fact, 98% of people who attended the ultimate date night felt it added value to their marriage. We think the other 2% were in the bathroom when we took the survey. Don't miss your ultimate date night coming soon. Word FM presents the ultimate date night with Jay and Laura LaFoon Friday, February 1st at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Tickets just $48 a pair. Special VIP package including dinner also available. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash date night. Hundreds of ministries have discovered the success of a partnership with oneplace.com, the largest online Christian broadcast platform on the web. Here's Greg Laurie. By partnering with One Place, we've been able to expand our online ministry in a way that complements our current web strategy for maximized outreach and impact. And Dr. David Jeremiah. Many of the new listeners we reach here each day through One Place are now faithful ministry supporters. Introduce your ministry to our audience. Visit us at oneplaceradio.com. Long before online retailers started stuffing beds into boxes, the original mattress factory was shaking up the mattress industry. We raised the bar on quality with our hand-built American-made mattresses and sold them factory direct for a fraction of the cost of the mainstream brands. In an industry full of gimmicks and sketchy sales tactics, the original mattress factory has stayed true to what we've always been. Great beds, no bull. Stop by an original mattress factory store or visit originalmattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Oh, hey, there we go. Hey. There we go. February 1st, Friday night, Christ Church at Grove Farm. Very funny. Second annual date night happening. We are happy once again to welcome Jay and Laura LaFoon. You guys are so funny. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing tonight? Hey, we're doing great. We're in Fort Lauderdale getting ready to go on the marriage cruise, so we're pretty excited. Oh, the boat's about to leave. Yeah, we get to teach for a week uh, about marriage on a cruise, so we're we're very excited. It's a rough life, but we're super excited to be coming to Pittsburgh because we had such a great time last year. It was so much fun. Now, for people who were there last year, Jay, is this show just going to be the same as last year? No, 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 no. We change the show every year. New comedy, new content. Last year we talked about making the most of a messy marriage, and this year we're going to talk about communication. And it's the he said, she said to her. So he's going to say it one way and she's going to say it another. And so we we build our comedy around the scene and then our content always biblically based but uh, filled with humor. Not that there's any comedy to be had with communication and marriage. Oh, I'm sure there isn't. Okay, so guys, how long have you been married? 34 years. Very nice. Yeah, 34. (laughs) So 34 years. Do you ever look back and think, well, this is how we started out? Or, you know, there was always that first flush of blooming love. But what about your first fight? Can you talk about that? (laughs) Yeah, so we stood at the altar. We we said all those things for sure. We were definitely serious when we were in our 20s. When we said till death goes part, we just didn't realize it would take so long. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, our first fight, well, our first fight uh, um, was over um, six Oreo cookies. Now, you have to understand, we only had known each other. Like, we met on July 4th. And Jay asked me to marry him on July 10th. 
Wow. And then, actually, four, four, actually, 14th, but 10 days later. The, yes. yes. Well, I don't do math. So anyway. <laughs> um, but so this was in October. Our first fight was in October. So we didn't really know each other. We didn't know each other. So we didn't fight much until October. We're, we're, my parents wanted us to experience the Bill Gaither, um, what was that called? Praise, Praise yes. Gathering. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here we are. We're in our 20s, and they wanted to take us to Bill Gaither. So we went to Indianapolis with my parents. They got a big suite. Um, we went to a couple of the concerts, and then we said, Mom, Dad, we're going to stay back at the suite because um, this just isn't our thing. And this was back in the 80s, so they didn't have convenience stores downtown. So the little store in the bottom of the uh, okay. hotel had astronomical prices. So she, Laura says, we're watching te- television. She says, I have a craving for Oreos, and I saw some in that little shop. So I said, as being a dutiful husband-to-be, I said, I'll go get them. Well, I went down, and no lie. I'll, I'll never forget it. Six Oreos, three dollars and fifty-two cents. Wow! And this is it. And this is in nineteen eighty-four dollars. Okay, Holy so smokes. we're talking. Yeah. So I went back up empty-handed. <laughs> Not a good idea. <laughs> and you would have, you would have thought I was the the bane of the universe. You would have thought I was worth three dollars and fifty-two cents. <laughs> good attitude. I like that perspective. <laughs> that was the that was the whole fight. That, Fast forward 10 years. No, that, that was the fight. It was like, yeah. I'm not worth $3.50. I said, no, honey, you're worth more than that. But the Oreos are not worth $3.50. Fast forward 10 years, and we did our first marriage workshop for a, a church in Michigan. And we told that story. And it was a craft fair that afternoon, someplace in the town, wherever we were. And a bunch of ladies bought us an Oreo Christmas ornament and stuck three dollars and 52 cents in it. Inside and it hangs ornament. on our tree to yep. this day. Oh, that's really our funny. Yeah, our first fight revealed that I'm cheap and Laura is selfish. So that's the kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know what's selfish about wanting cookies. That's kind of been the theme of our life. You guys almost witnessed our our most recent fight. Um, we uh, we we are down here and we work. Okay, so you know this whole Uber thing. Do you guys have? Uber oh yeah. Oh sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, because you're because you're a big city. We live in a small town in the middle of Michigan. We don't have Uber, but. Jay booked us coming into Fort Lauderdale, and our director of live events booked our hotel in Miami. So we had to get from Fort Lauderdale to Miami using an Uber. Using an Uber, which I don't use. I mean, I don't use that app every day of my life. So, and he's trying to tell me how to do it, and I said, "You don't even know what you're doing." But don't try to tell me what to do. So people ask us all the time, "How do we come up with our comedy?" Well, it's just real life, baby. That's just we're a couple of ding dongs. That is very funny stuff. Hey, Jane, Laura, we're looking forward to seeing you. We sure are. That we're going to see you at date night coming up February first, Christchurch at Grove Farm. If you were there last year, listen, this is a whole different show uh, but we're so excited to welcome them back john and i will be there we hope you're there get your tickets right now wordfm.com stuffing beds into boxes. The original Mattress Factory was shaking up the mattress industry. We raised the bar on quality with our hand-built American-made mattresses and sold them factory direct for a fraction of the cost of the mainstream brands. In an industry full of gimmicks and sketchy sales tactics, the original Mattress Factory has stayed true to what we've always been. Great beds, no bull. Stop by an original Mattress Factory store or visit originalmattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Truth is timeless. 
At the Original Mattress Factory, our business philosophy is based on honesty and truth, and it never changes. Simply stated, we treat our customers the way we want to be treated ourselves. This means we treat people with respect, we educate rather than manipulate, and we offer genuine value and substantial savings, not simply by saying it, but by proving it with cutaways of our mattresses compared side-by-side with the mainstream brands. Stop by one of our store locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Sylvania is always looking to improve their headlights to help people see farther and drive safer. So they developed their Silver Star Ultra headlights to have greater clarity and the brightest downroad visibility. So now you can see what you've been missing. Sylvania, think farther down the road. All right, well, you knew it was coming. Sooner well, you, you knew somebody was going to be let go. It's You're right. The axe Steelers is front office, right? It was just going to happen. So Joey Porter, uh, outside linebackers coach, has been fired. Mm-hmm. He's been on Mike Tomlin's staff since 14. Uh, played for the Steelers from 99 to 2006. Um, you know, the defense was a disappointment this year. I mean, the whole team was a disappointment in different ways. But with all the attention on Antonio Brown and talking about the offense, um, I was a little surprised that it was Joey Porter. I thought maybe it would be someone else on the defensive staff. But anyway, uh, that's what has happened. And I uh, remember his altercation back in January of last year at a Southside bar. He had some kind of situation with a doorman that right. probably didn't help his. Uh, so is, you think that the Rooney family is sending a message to Mike Tomlin saying, hey, I know you and Joey were tight. Well, it doesn't say. It doesn't say. I mean, Mike Tomlin is the one who made the statement that he, his uh, contract had not been re- renewed. Right, right. So, Well, imagine he's just the first of many to, to find his way uh, out the exit. Well, you know, I, I kind of appreciated this about the Steelers. You know, on you know Black Monday, which is the day after the end of the NFL season, all sorts of people are fired. Yeah. You know, there's bloodletting everywhere. The Steelers don't do that. Mm. They kind of wait a little while and just kind of let the dust settle and, you know, don't get ruled by emotions. I appreciate that. So, Me too. anyway, uh, best of luck to Joey Porter. Yep. Also, um, uh, University of in Pittsburgh. In the same vein, yeah, Panthers head coach Pat Narduzzi has fired offensive coordinator Sean Watson, who's also the quarterback's coach, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, wide receivers coach Kevin Sherman is out. No reason was given. They just said that we are, quote unquote, Parting ways. Right. Now, that's a rough business. So when you think about college sports and they bring in, you know, assistant coaches and whatnot, I wonder if you're just renting. You're not, you're not, you're not going to buy a well, house. Well, I mean, Pitt really, 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 really wanted to keep their offensive coordinator from two years ago, uh, Matt Canada. And that was just unfortunate. He got a better job. I can't remember where he went. Um, They're always on the road. These yeah, guys are but, like mercenaries. He, so he got a better gig. He left. Um, Pitt's offense was a complete... It was just anemic the whole year. It was just painful to watch. Um, at, and then all of a sudden it would like surge. P- it was frustrating. And the whole season ending with those three big losses, mm. the one to Miami, the one to Clemson, and then the one uh, just in the bowl game to Stanford was just out of control pain to watch. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not feeling high on Pitt at this point. Just watching a season is. end like that was just Pitt's always kind of mired in this. I mean, whether it's Pitt football or Pitt oh. basketball, you kind of go, "Come on, you guys! You wish you'd get better." But but uh, there's always, you know, every it seems like a lot of years there's a big win, like Pitt beating Clemson a couple of years ago, Pitt beating Penn State. You know what I and it's anyway, not enough to live for, though, just so. isn't it? Okay, uh, Sidney Crosby, we talked about him yesterday because of that heckler that was getting on his case at uh, Madison Square Garden a couple nights ago. And he heard it and heard it and heard it and heard it from the heckler. But Sidney Crosby said, and I'm reading from an article by Matt Venzel in today's PG, um, he said, this guy had me laughing a bit. 
He said, I've been in the situation before and guys can kind of cross the line or take it a little too far sometimes. But I thought he did everything in pretty good taste. He had the whole section laughing. He had me and one of the officials in the box laughing. So it was all in good fun. <laughs> and so you probably heard the story by now that he took one of his uh, his Stick. sticks and he put something, you know, amusing on it. I don't remember what it was. Something Thanks like, for all the chirping yeah, or good chirping or something. Nice and uh, gave it to the guy. So that's what they, when when you're a heckler in the NHL, you're a chirper. Well, the reason I'm bringing up the story is today he modified it a little bit, and he said, "It's not a competition, by the way." He said, "I had fun with it, but it's not always the case." I am sure. Which means, man. listen to all you crazy, you know, crass hecklers. You're not getting a hockey. I mean, stick. only in hockey because you know they don't do that in MLB. The players can't hear the fans yelling out too much unless you're in the, out, in the no, outfield. No, you can in basketball though. Oh, you can because you're right. Because you're yeah. right in the court. Side. Right, you're right on the floor. You got to have some thick skin that's, and concentration. I got to be honest, that's rough. Yeah, can you imagine people standing outside the studio heckling us? I mean, the phones and the emails are bad enough. Exactly. What the I don't heck? think I want the immediacy no, of seeing someone's face in here no. in the criticism. Hey, it's always a great pleasure. Thanks for being with us throughout this week. Uh, love to have you guys with us. God willing, we'll see you same time on Monday. Have a great weekend. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.